0: I was told to prepare a personal story about Rabbi Shimon. So that's what I'm going to tell you. Um, so I was, let's say, seven, eight years old, the first time I went to Rabbi Shimon's gravesite. And whoever's been there knows that there's a little marketplace outside uh, selling a bunch of random Judaica just outside of Rabbi Shimon. And I was, yeah, I was like seven, eight, so um, I always wanted, like, I was always, like, wanting to buy something. And, uh, there was this one bracelet that said Shema Yisrael on it, the verse, and I really wanted it, and I bought it. It was just the introduction to the actual story. Um, and so we got it, I forced my mom to get it, and so after that we went into the gravesite. So if you've never been there, it's very tight, because there's a lot of people in there. And it's separated between men and women on different sides. Uh, when I went there, it was in the summer, so it's really hot. Everyone's sweating. I'm not going to say it stinked, but it it was a very sweaty smell. And people are tight, trying to get to the actual uh, stone where, which is above the gravesite of Rabbi Shimon, and next to it is his son Rabbi Razal. And I'm walking in. I'm I'm like tired from the heat and it was like a really hot day. I'm going in, I'm I'm getting to the grave site and I'm putting my right hand on Love Shimon's grave. I had this connection just like I closed my eyes and I could feel this calmness. Sort of like when you're at the beach and you just feel or hear the waves coming in and you just you just calm down. And I walk out and I'm calm. I, just, I feel this serenity and you just you feel relaxed and at peace. So that was the first time I went to Rabbi Shimon. I started, that was the first time I like woke up to the idea that Rabbi Shimon is like there to help me. And so I started reading Zoal whenever I needed help with him. I was young, so it was like tests or like vocabulary quizzes, anything. I would just read Zoal just to make sure that I would be successful. So if you ever need anything, if you ever want to pray for anything and you need it today, Today is the day that you, you pray for Rabbi Shimon to help you, and it will come. Okay, just read the Zohar. Okay, so I'm going to read from the prologue of the Zohar. So I'm going to read from uh, verse 49, Pasuk uh, Memtet. I'm not going to read in Hebrew because the Hebrew is very long. I'm going to paraphrase in English. Okay, so here we go. This story is about Rabbi Chia. And how he um, awoke, or how he woke up to, the, to appreciate Rabbi Shimon Um Okay, so the story starts with the And he lies down on the earth, and he kisses the ground, and he kisses the dust. And he says, dust, dust, how are you so stubborn? You're so shameless that you swallow up everything beautiful in the end. Everything is consumed by you. And so he goes on to say that the holy luminary, which is Rabbi Shimon, that illuminated the world, is consumed by you. Then the Zohar says, the Rabbi Chiyah stopped. He had a moment to reflect. And so I was confused by this, so I asked my father, I looked in the Sulam, and I found out that Rabbi Chiyah stopped because it's sort of an embarrassment to think how can... Such a holy person, on such a high level, be consumed by the dust, the earth, which is the ground, which is representing the tumah, the, the klipot. So, what did Rabbi Chiyah say after that revelation? He said, dust, dust, be not proud. Don't be, don't have such a big ego that you, uh, consumed the biggest, holiest person in the world. Because the pillars of the world will not be delivered into your hands, and Rabbi Shimon shall not be consumed by you. So in the end, he realized that Rabbi Shimon was not really uh, swallowed up by the, the earth, the dust. But still, Rabbi Khiya had this embarrassment, this sort of uh, sadness, that he would even think that Rabbi Shimon could be swallowed up by the earth. So the Zohar goes on and says that Rabbi Khiya, he was crying, and he was going with Rabbi Yossi, and after that day, he fasted for 40 days, so that he might meet with Rabbi Shimon in the upper world. Back then, people who had, who are on such a high level could just have their souls, their souls would elevate, and they would meet with other people in Gan Eden, in Ulam Baba. And so, he fasted 40 days, and he still did not have the merit to meet Rabbi Shimon. So he fasted another 40 days, can you imagine? Another 40 days, so 80 days total he fasted, and eventually, in a dream, they showed him Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Elazar. So this is where the real, the whole point of the story in this part starts. So Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Elazar were discussing Torah, and there were thousands of different souls that were listening to Rabbi Shimon. And then, Rabbi Chia saw great celestial wings, as it says, and Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Elazar used the wings to go up to the heavenly um, um, yeshiva. So there is different, in Gan Eden, the Zohar says that there are different levels of mesivta yeshivas, academies, that the tzaddikim would study in. Rabbi Shimon had his own academy, right? And the heavenly yeshiva, the heavenly academy, which is called Mesifta de Rekiah, was owned by the uh, the king of angels, or the angel starts with M. I can't say the whole name because you're not allowed to, but Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Lazar would go up with these wings, called Gatfin, these wings, and move throughout the levels of ganeden and go to different uh, yeshivot. And so Rabbi Chia saw that Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Lazar, their faces were shining and they, they, they shone brighter than the sun. It's just crazy, intense power coming from these beings. Um, So Rabbi Shimon started the conversation of Torah and he said that Rabbi Chia should come in and see how much the Holy One, blessed be He, shall restore the faces of the righteous in the world to come. So what Rabbi Chia was seeing that every time Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Lazar would go up to the uh, heavenly academy, they would come back down with a brighter appearance, more intense how happy is he who comes here without shame and how happy is he who stands erect in that world as a strong pillar that bears all Rabbi Khiya saw himself entering and Rabbi Elazar stood up so did all of the other pillars of the world which had previously been sitting there they all stood up before Rabbi Chia and he, Rabbi Khiya, was embarrassed as he entered he detached himself and sat at the feet of Rabbi Shimon so what is exactly going on here Rabbi Chiyah is in his dream, he's seeing himself going into this chamber, and he sees Rabbi Elazar, the son of Rabbi Shimon, stand up in respect, and everyone, all the pillars of the world, which are the Tzidikim, would also stand up. Why was Rabbi Chiyah embarrassed? It doesn't make a lot of sense. But like I said before, he had that thought that maybe Rabbi Shimon was consumed by the earth, the Adama, the Afar, the dust, the Tumah. So because he was embarrassed, he had to detach himself from this idea, and he went to the feet of Rabbi Shimon. And it goes on. A voice came forth saying, Lower your eyes, do not raise your head up, and do not look. He lowered his eyes and saw a light that shone from afar. The voice returned and said, You hidden and unseen celestials on high, you who are clever and wander throughout the world, behold and see, wake up. So this voice... Zola says, is talking to two categories or two different classes that are in the yeshiva, in the academy of Shimon. The first class, the the voice says, behold and see. So they have the uh, merit to already have their eyes open and see what is going on in this chamber. The second class, they have to wake up. This is what the voice says. The second class weren't it's not that they were on a lower level, it's that they didn't have the merit to have their eyes open. They would have to wake up and open their eyes. So the Zoa goes on, and this is where the lesson, or one of the lessons of the story comes, in verse 54. Who among you who has during who among you has during his lifetime in this world transformed darkness into light and the taste of bitter into sweet before he came here? Who had the ability to take the bad things that he saw and turn them into good things. Who among you who has awaited eagerly every day the light that shines when the king calls upon the gazelle? The gazelle is referring to the Shekhinah. So, what do we see? Darkness to light, bitter to sweet. What is, what, what are we talking about? So, the lesson that's learned here is that if you're not able to see the good within the bad, you can never really reach the highest level. You can never reach the academy of Rabbi Shimon. You can never really reach Gan Eden. So what is the Zol teaching us? We have to see the good within the bad. Rabbi Chia, he thought that Rabbi Shimon was swallowed by the dust, was taken away by the earth that he passed on. But as you're going to see, he that wasn't exactly true. Rabbi Shimon uh, was, um, let me find it. Exact verse. Rabbi Shimon filled up the uh, ten levels of the Rakia, uh, of the firmament, the sky, the olamaba. So the story keeps going. Verse 55. Meanwhile, he saw many of his friends gathering around the standing pillars, and he saw how they elevated them to the heavenly Ashiva. Some were ascending, while others were descending, and high above them all he saw, the owner of the wing, who is uh, the king of angels' approach. So that angel keeps going, swears that he heard from behind the curtain how the king attends the gazelle every day and remembers how she lies in the dust. So this is a key point to where uh, the king of the angels starts with uh, mem or em. Um, he swears that he heard that the king, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the creator, Attends the gazelle, the gazelle is the, uh, the Shekhinah. So how there is a zivug every single day, and now the Shekhinah is in the dust. So this sort of refers to what Rabbi Chia was thinking before of how Rabbi Shimon was in the dust. So why is, what, what's going on here? So if you keep reading, at that time he kicks 390 heavens which all quake and tremble with fear because of him. So, the angel M is promising to Rabbi Chiyah that there is a zivug between the king and the Shechina every single day. But then it says that he kicks 390 heavens, which is sort of complicated. If you understand the sfirot, we have four, we have many different sfirot, but the four that we're going to focus on is chokhmah, Bina, Tiferet and Malchut, which correspond to Yud K and Vav K, the name of Hashem. So the last K, the last H, has a lack, has a lack of 10. So lack of Yud. And so because of this lack of 10, we get uh, 100 times each letter of Yud K. Ke, we get 400. 1, 2, 3, 4 times 100 is 400 minus the 10 that was lacking from the H is 390. So this corresponds to the 390 heavens. It's all very complicated. I hope you're still awake and I hope you're still focused. We're going to keep going. The king sheds tears because of this, the Shekhinah lies in the dust. So the Zohar says that when the king, the creator, cries because of the Shekhinah, being in the dust, these tears go into the uh, the giant sea and the uh, governor over the sea, the angel that controls the sea, uh, is kept alive because of these tears. And eventually, it says at the end of days, at uh, Zman Mashiach, the governor of the sea will swallow up all the water of creation. So, all of this is very metaphorical. Like, what is the Zohar talking about? So, Rabbi Chia is dreaming all of this, and if you like to think about it, he's he's seeing what is actually going on in Ganedin. and he the angel m is explaining to Chiyah that at the end of times there will be um, there will be ugh, I have to find the words hmm. right okay so the big ocean or the giant sea is representing or it's represented by the um, Shekhinah, the gazelle that we talked about. So this Shekhinah is the big sea and when the tears fall down to the governor of the sea, it says that he will swallow up all the waters of creation and when he does that, the uh, the gazelle, the shekhinah, the malchut, the malchut, which is the last 10 that was missing from the 400, will be fulfilled. Will get the light that she needed to fix herself for the zivug. Because that was the part, the malchut, the malchut, that was missing from all the zivug that was happening every day. So, when the tears of the king, of Akalash Kalash Balchut, the creator, comes into the big sea, the giant sea, the malchut, de malchut will be fixed. And that will be the times of redemption. So that was the secret. That was what uh, the king, the angel M was revealing to Rabbi Chiyah. So what happens after this? So now we come to a part where Melech HaMashiach, the King Messiah, is coming into this chamber. Verse 57. Meanwhile he heard a voice call out, move aside, make room... King Messiah is coming to the academy of Rabbi Shimon because all the righteous people there are the heads of the academies which are known up there. And all the disciples of each academy ascend from this academy here to the heavenly academy. Messiah visits all these academies and signs the Torah with the seal of the teachings that come from the mouths of the learned rabbis. So now it comes in the Melch uh, Mashiach the and it says that the the certain academies move up one level or they go up to the heavenly academy. So the Zohar says that there are uh, two types of academies. There are Resha, the Mesifta, which is the head of the academy. And they they are the top of the academy. And then there are the students. So what happened was, when the Melech Mashiach would come into Rabbi Shimon's academy, the, the Yeshiva, Mesifta, whatever you choose, the students moved up to a, another level and the teachers moved up to another level. So they had the school because they were learning in the, the yeshiva, the academy of Rabbi Shimon, they were able to elevate themselves to another higher level. So this is the part where Rabbi Chia gets noticed by Melech Mashiach in the dream. It's very kind of weird. Verse 59. I've come to approve the Torah of your academy only because the winged one, uh, the angel M is on his way here And I know that he shall not enter any other academy Only yours Meanwhile he told Rabbi Shimon about the oath Taken by the Wiggin The oath by the angel M Was that the Zivuk would happen every day And at the end of times There would be a uh, Tikun Something that would be fixed For the Malchut, the Malchut, the To be elevated to be uh, to get the last light then Messiah trembled and raised up his voice. The heavens also trembled as did the, the great sea and the whale. The world was about to collapse. So this is kind of crazy that Rabbi Chia is seeing this conversation between Melech HaMashiach, Rabbi Shimon, and that the angel M will come into the academy. He's just seeing all these beings and, and he's safe to say that he's freaking out. He, he doesn't know what's going on. Because he says the world was about to collapse. It's, it's, it's getting so intense that everything might end. So what happens? Also at this time, he noticed Rabbi Chia sitting at the feet of Rabbi Shimon. So, before the world was about to collapse, he notices Rabbi Chia sitting by Rabbi Shimon. He says, there's a person here with a physical body in Ganedin, in the upper world. It doesn't make any sense. Who allowed a human being wearing the cloaks of that world, that is the physical body of this world, here? Rabbi Shimon answers, this is Rabbi Khiya, the shining light of the Torah. So, the Mashiach says, he doesn't deserve to be here, he, he, he should... Zohar says that Rabbi Khiya, because he finished his tikkun, he finished all he needed to do in the world, he was ready to move on. So why was he in his physical body? So Rabbi Shimon says, uh, Melech Mashiach says, let he and his sons be gathered, let them pass away from this world, and join your academy. So he says, they shouldn't be here with their physical bodies, they should come to the academy of Rabbi Shimon, and they should be in Olam But Rabbi Shimon said, let him be given time, and time was given to him. Rabbi Shimon had the power to change uh, an idea of Melech Mashiach. It's sort of, awe-inspiring, and if you want to meditate right now, anything you want to be changed in your life that you don't like, you don't like that there's something going on, some struggle, some despair, something you want that needs to change, It's now is a good time to meditate and to focus. I need this. Please help me, Rabbi Shimon, by the power of the Zohar, and everything that you can do, please help me to change. Okay, and it says that Mashiach was crying and that Rabbi Chia was was shaking and he was crying because it was a very intense scene so that's the end of the story very metaphorical not metaphorical but very hard to understand deep story and there's two lessons that I would I got from this. First lesson is that if you don't see the good within the bad, you can't reach anywhere. You have to be able to see something bad, see someone bad, see someone doing something bad, and see, maybe there's a reason for that person to be doing that. Maybe there's something good about it. And if you're able to do that, you can reach a higher level. Just like Rabbi Khiya did after he understood that Rabbi Shimon wasn't really Swallowed up by the dust, the klipot, the tumah, the negative side. The second lesson is that this world is a preparation for olam And by reading the Zohar, by doing good deeds, by uh, studying Torah, by doing the spiritual work, we're able to move on to a higher level into the next world. And so what I want you to do, or what... I think we should do together is to meditate on what we need to change or what we need from Rabbi Shimon to help us with. So let's just take a minute and just meditate.